You're listening to a Sin podcast. You can listen to this show live by tuning your radio to 90.7 or online at sin.org.au. We at Represent would like to acknowledge and pay our respects to the traditional owners of the land on which Sin operates, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Sin Media respectfully acknowledges their ancestors and elders, past, present and emerging. We would also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians and their ancestors of the lands and waters across Australia where our content reaches. Sovereignty has never been ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Kids should go to school. That's what we're Represent. You're listening to Represent. Sorry. You're listening to Represent. <laughs> I just insulted Bridie. <laughs> yeah, Freddie just insulted me. I'm sorry, Bridie. Uh, thank you. This is you're, my formal apology. You're forgiven or else I'll turn your mic have off. Have you ever apologised for Laptop Gate, though? That's I like, have. You oh, did. Times. You apologised on air. So, I'm still we, hurting. We have a special actually, guest yeah. in the studio <laughs> who's about to hear about what Laptop Gate is. Uh, Dr. Matt Bark, welcome back to the show. Best friend of the show. Thanks, thanks yeah. for yeah. having me on. Always <laughs> great to be with you guys. Um for context, Laptop Gate is when we were interviewing Sammy J um, and Naya was in Canada. So we had her connected to Zoom on my laptop, but uh, Zoom saps the battery of my laptop quite quickly. Mm-hmm. And so the Zoom ran out and my laptop was on really low battery because I only have the free Zoom, obviously. So I closed my laptop and I just, you know, we had a few questions left. So I just thought we'll finish the interview and then we'll get Naya back to say bye. Um, so I closed my laptop and Sammy J was like, how dare you close your laptop on Naya? <laughs> so I was called out. Um, Sammy J very, called Bridie out very for abandoning Naya yep. on the As broadcast. He so I like it he better didn't than realize you. that your battery was so low. Is that why he was upset? I don't. Was I think he was up? just more shocked that we just sort of didn't, say, didn't say anything because we didn't I say just anything. It. <laughs> like, right, I feel like maybe it would have been different nice if you signposted that. Um, we was like, we'll have. We got to leave Naya, but we'll be back in a minute. But no, you just closed the laptop and didn't say anything. And Sammy J was like, we're we just not going to like say anything about that. I, I would have thought you deserve a pass for that. Thank you. Oh, I'll give you a pass. We've got we've got the variety fan. See the BFF of the show. Sammy J is just the F of the show. Oh, <laughs> oh. to be fair, Matt is winning in terms of appearances. That's true. You have had a lot more appearances and than Sammy J. And who in Parliament to uh, say donate to Sin? That's so it true. Fun Sin. <laughs> no, <it> speaking <laughs> of Sammy J. How are we going on that front? Yeah, that's a really great question. We actually actually just hit 50k. Yesterday. Yeah, that's great. We hit 50k, which is exciting. We're at 51k now, as of right now, which is so exciting. If you donate during the show, we will shout you out. You do get a really cool shout out. Yep. It'll be Freddie, Freddie ad-libbing some shout-outs. I'll, I'll ad-lib some shout-outs. And, yeah, we should do, like, a promotion where we will record your voicemail for you, like those old things. 
What? Have you ever seen that? Has no one else? You can yeah. like. I vaguely there was, remember. Yeah. There was um. Like the cameo thing. Yeah, like cameos. You can yeah. get like a celebrity to like record your voicemail, which is so bizarre to me. So you think you're like the celebrity? <laughs> well, no, I'm saying I'm, I'm not saying me. I'm saying all of us. Right. I, I'm not just trying to. <laughs> I think all of us can do it. You know. Right. Okay. Like I mean, Matt Buck, would you be willing to record some voicemails? I'd love to. There we go. See, we have like an actually (laughs) notable figure here to record some voicemails. Well, obviously our most important question of the show, Dr. Matt Buck, how was your weekend? Yeah. I had a nice weekend. I'm trying to think what on earth yeah that's our I problem did too. on the weekend oh no <laughs> i had a friend's 50th birthday oh, that's um, well, it was kind of like 50th birthday housewarming party Ooh. and there was something else i can't remember what it was uh they've just moved sort of back into their place in fitzroy okay, um, nice. and it was a 50th birthday and it was 70s thing well it was very specific it was 1973 uh, well, yeah um, why, why specifically 1973 i'm sorry no i did a bit of research about 1973 it was the year that the opera house was i think yep. finished i think finished yep. um there were some dreadful oil shocks in the middle east that then led to a period of inflation ultimately stagflation so i was thinking what can i do with oil shocks i didn't i didn't come up with anything gough whitlam had won the election here in australia in 1972 so i had these sort of platform shoes and these flares and quite a cool jacket and a shirt that was sort of too unbuttoned for the comfort of those around me and if asked i was gough whitlam on my summer holiday oh, I did, I was very, he was very tall and i amazing. looked very very tall in my platform was he very shoes. tall? So that was the highlight of my weekend. Right? Wow. There you go. There we go. How was Freddy? everyone else? Oh, yeah, my weekend. I was, I was trying to buy myself some time to remember what I did. Uh. But, um, okay, I submitted my last uni assignment. That's Woo! exciting. Let's go, finally. I'm Not in holiday ever. mode. Just for the year. Yeah, just for the year. I wish it was for... Who knows? Maybe I'll drop out next year. Who knows? But, um, but yeah. Don't do it. Well, don't, don't, don't do it. Stick with it. <laughs> okay, thank it's you. That's the year. motivation I needed. Um... Yeah, submitted my last uni assignment for the year, finally. Um, I worked both mornings, so sad. Um, I actually don't think I did that much because I was just focused on getting this last uni assignment done. Fair enough. Because I didn't want to ask for an extension because I just wanted to get it out of the way. Mm. And I thought, like, if I'm going to do it, if I'm going to ask for an extension, I'm just going to leave it for a few days and then have to rush again anyway. Yeah. So I'm like, I might as well just get it done now because I'm just going to do the same thing anyway. So I got that done. So happy. There we go. Yeah. Weight off your shoulders. Phew, finally. Naya? Um, likewise, uni, 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 and it's done. Um, <laughs> it's a over. very long holiday, which is very exciting. Um, my parents are in Darwin, so I was running my brother around. I got like an insight to what it's like to have a 14-year-old boy who does a lot of tennis. Um, <laughs> 15, 15-year-old boy. But shout out to all of his friends. One's house he's at now because I couldn't pick him up from school. They have been amazing. So, you know... Thank you, people, for rallying around my brother. Otherwise, he would not have gotten anywhere. Actually, he wouldn't have gotten home. He was going to get places. He just wasn't going to get home. Right. Okay. <laughs> I, see. I was acing the parenting thing. Yeah, good for you. Good work. Good How work. was your weekend, Friday? Friday? Um, I had a pretty quiet one. I have not finished uni yet. Yeah, my, your, your last on-campus week was last week, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I and I were two Friday. weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. I finished next Friday. I've got my last exam next Friday. So I was, you know, practicing my trumpet. Um, and I was, it's my mum's birthday today. So we were happy, birthday. Happy, birthday. Right. happy birthday. Shout out to mum. Who has donated to Sin. Yes, Give I now believe so. And I went to my friend's concert at uni. So, so exciting. 
yeah, it was good. I think I Brian is at a concert know. every weekend. It's amazing. Yeah, that is kind of the life. Oh, I thought of something I else I did. Sorry, sorry oh. to make it about me again. I went to an orchestra of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, I, saw that I forgot on about that. Yeah, that How was really was that was really great. It was so cool. That movie is great anyway. Yeah, it's a good movie. So yeah, but um, yeah. Shall we shall we go into an actual interview? Well, I think like with some actual questions that I, might be actually related. To our actually actual related. Show. <laughs> exactly. Well, I think since we just talked about our weekends, mm-hmm. we might need to take it back a little bit a to a couple of weeks. weeks ago. The shock resignation. It certainly shocked us here. Where you resigned. <laughs> were you, were you like, I think that's not where you thought, that's you thought you were going with that. <laughs> so you were shocked. We, we were all a little we were bit shocked. shocked. At your resignation. Yeah. Because we spoke we to you just know. a week before and there was like no hint of it yeah. at all. Well, <laughs> I. <laughs> Do you hate representatives? Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. Um, I, I think I made the announcement. On a Thursday night, mm. um, Parliament was sitting. Uh, we were going to have a little meeting, our team, anyway. And there'd been a story in the Age that morning, actually with a photo of my house. So they'd send a, a photographer out to the house, That's take totally a photo weird. of the house. I was selling the house. Oh, okay. Now I was selling the house anyway. Actually, I tried. To, I started. Yeah unsuccessfully to sell the house a long time ago. So that was unrelated. But it sort of looked like it was related. And the age said there were the, sort of these rumours that I might be going. And they called me about it. And, you know, I pretended I was very busy or something. So they said in the article that I uh, declined to comment. So I went to see the leader, who I'd spoken to about it a little while before, to say, look, I don't want to have to lie to people over the next few weeks or or give some typical politician's answer about how, oh, look, I'm... What do you say? I'm very I'm, busy. I'm, uh, you know, I'm um, uh, dedicated to my current role and if things change, I'll tell you. I just thought, look, I'd more or less made a decision, um, but it was quite nerve-wracking because uh, my wife Amy and I have decided to go to the UK, right, and I'm going to go back into teaching... Um, I've got a role at a school down in Brighton on the south coast. It's going to be oh. great. Works for our family. Well, it's funny you say that, Brighton, because like, Brighton here is Brighton here. Brighton over there is so fun and edgy and different. Oh, really? Has really? an amazing okay. live music scene. I mean, it's very much like, I don't know, it's a bit of, in my mind, I've lived there before, it's a bit of St Kilda, it's a bit of Fitzroy. I thought you might say Fitzroy. Um, it's sort of, it's described as London by the beach. Um, mm. And we just loved it over there. Um, but... When I made the announcement, we didn't have our visas. Um, a whole bunch oh. of checks that the school was doing on me, you know, criminal records checks, working with children's checks, all important stuff, hadn't been finalised. Oh. So it was a bit of a risk. Yeah. But I thought it was the right thing to do, given that there were rumblings already. But for me, um, it had this quite positive and fun byproduct, which is that almost everybody was really. Quite shocked, which I did yeah. enjoy, to tell you the truth. <laughs> you seemed really confused when I said shock resignation. Well, I think he uh, we, thought you were going to be talking about someone else who also resigned, shockingly. No, that's true, but why would recently. we talk? We, but we've got Matt Bark in the studio. Yeah, not, but yeah, not so when did you start thinking about resigning then? Look, it was probably, well, not resigning, but three or four months ago, Amy had this conversation with me where she said, and she wasn't having a go, but she said, look, if it wasn't for my role keeping us tied here, my role necessitating that we stayed here in Melbourne, we probably would have moved back to the UK. And we'd literally never had that conversation before. Never. We'd lived in England before, and Amy had been fabulous because I'd always wanted to stay longer than her. In England, Um, you mean? In England, exactly. We, We moved over there 
back in 2007. She's a physio. They love Australian physios over there. Almost all of her mates went over to London or somewhere in the UK. Mm. So it was very easy for her to find a role. I found a role teaching, and we said we'll go for a year. And I sort of kept on saying, oh, it'd be great to stay a bit longer. And she was fabulous, and we kept on extending. But then ultimately we decided to come home after two and a half years. Mm. So I sort of started thinking about it then. Then I went on a trip to the UK and visited some friends in Brighton, went back to the school. I'm actually going back to the same school that I taught at between 2007 and 2010. Wow. Uh, And then something came up. I suspected that nothing would even come up until July next year, which is the start of their academic year. Mm. Their years run, you know, uh, July through to July rather than the calendar year. But it was starting in January. And then the school started talking to me about it and things moved um, relatively quickly. But this wasn't planned. You know, we made the very stupid decision of buying a house a year and a half ago, <laughs> which now finally we've sold. Um, praise God. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah. So it's been, a, it's been a sort of quick process. And now I was whinging to Bridie before. We're drowning in admin um, at the moment. There's a thousand forms um, to do, but eventually that'll be done. So it's so nice to do something more normal, like talking to you. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, part of the political <laughs> lifestyle. Yeah. Now, um, something that exciting happened last week, which was that you rang me during the show, <laughs> and I was like, oh, can't answer, but I'll call him back in five minutes. So I called you back, and you said, I want to speak in Parliament about SIN, needing more funding. Tell us how that like came about. Like, What made you go, that's what I want to talk about in this adjournment debate tonight? Uh, well, my team and I have a process every parliamentary sitting week to try to fill up the slots that I can get. I like to <laughs> talk as much as I can. Uh, we get three slots each week to talk about very local matters, um, things that are important to the local community that's elected us, uh, and then uh, government ministers have to respond to us. And then at the end of the day, every day, there's a so-called adjournment debate where you get to ask for an action from a minister, and that doesn't have to be about something that's in your local area. So when we were going through that exercise last week, um, while I talked about other things, about uh, local schools in particular, and child protection, which I'm really passionate about, we thought that we really wanted to use one of the three slots to call, hopefully respectfully and appropriately, on the government to match the pledge that I had made before the last election, which was to double SIN's base funding. As you know better than me, SIN runs on the smell of an oily rag, lots of community contributions, which is great, tiny contribution from government. And my personal view is that SIN is so different and interesting in the media landscape, and more broadly you can make criticisms of the media landscape, we don't want fewer actors in that landscape, we want more if anything. And I think what this station offers is really unique and so should be supported and that we, down the road at Spring Street, can do that in a way that has almost no impact on the budget but would have a um, big positive impact on you here at the station and, more importantly, your listeners. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Um, So if you're listening, (laughs) I just sent to Alan, you know, we would love some extra funding. No, I'm kidding. Um, But if anyone else is listening, we would also love some extra donations at givenow.com.au forward slash save sin. Freddie, have we had any donations? Don't ask that question yet, Brady, or we'll be revealed later. They'll they'll be coming in soon. Um, Now, the minister, the new minister for youth, has to respond to what I put to her, calling on her to double the base funding of sin. 
uh, within 30 days of me making that request. Now, I checked earlier today. I don't have that yet. Now, that's fine because she's got 30 days, but as soon as I've got that response, I'll share that with you Great. so that you can see it. It's on the public record yeah. um, anyway. So many listeners of yours who are interested in the government's position on the ongoing funding of SIN will be able to go to the Victorian Parliament website and look at that soon. Yeah, that's great. I think we're also very excited about Sin getting into the hand side, I think, was yeah. a very, oh, yeah. very exciting point for us as well. Yeah. Um, I feel like I remember us talking about it happening once before, but I can't remember why, so I think I might have made that surely up. Surely it has. Surely Maybe, maybe that's the last out. time Sin was about to close in six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I feel Too like soon, Freddie. Too may- soon. Maybe, maybe. But, um, so yeah, you said there is a lot of fat that can be trimmed from the budget to allocate the money to Sin. Would you have any recommendations about where that money would come from, theoretically? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to say I was trying to sort of tiptoe through yes. this minefield yeah. and wait for me. Um, I worked in the office for youth for about a year. This was some time ago now. It was about uh, 2012. And uh, I'd previously been working as an advisor to the Minister for Child Protection. Then I got this job working in the office for youth. And I'm sure there are lots of good people there. It does some good things, administers some some grants. I feel like there's a but coming. <laughs> well, the <laughs> but is really going to be, buddy, that I wasn't rushed off my feet. Uh, two things. I was paid incredibly well to do very little. Uh, I was doing my Diploma of Education. Really, the, the reason that I needed to move from the role as an advisor to the Minister for Child Protection is that I needed to do a DPED. So I did that Diploma of Education through the Northern Territory's third finest university, Charles Darwin University, online. Oh. There are three in the Northern Territory, apparently. Uh, full-time, while working full-time in the Office for Youth. Oh. And I wasn't exactly rushed off my feet, and I was paid very well. So the basic impression I came away with from that particular entity in government uh, is that there were good people there doing good things, um, but that if you wanted to prioritise spending where it really mattered, you probably had the capacity to do so. Yeah, good work. I think you've yeah. sat through the landmines the, the, the <laughs> land a little bit. Sorry, I didn't mean to set one up for you there. <laughs> I think you did. Maybe you'll be having a go at someone. <laughs> Last time you were in, you, I was saying how you... like. I feel like you've changed ministries a few times in the time that you've been coming on the show. And then you were like, you're having a go at me? And I was like, no. And now Freddie brings that up every time we talk I about anything. I think this is quite anything. funny. I think this is quite <laughs> funny. Every time we have a new interview, and I'm like, Brady, make sure you don't have a go at them. <laughs> I, I'd completely forgotten, Brady. Don't worry. Don't worry. So I wasn't offended. Remembers, yeah. <laughs> now, I'm really curious. Is there anything, like, let's say three things. If there are three things in your time in politics that you could have changed or done differently, what would they be, if anything? Up to three. Something that's been really lovely after my announcement to go has been the way that all sorts of people have responded. I I think the thing that was holding me back and that I was most worried about and most anxious about making this announcement was people's responses, especially because I haven't been in for all that long. And, you know, we had an election a short time ago. Now, at that election, I was going all guns blazing. It was great to get a senior role under our new leader, John Pasuto, and to be part of his leadership team. We'd only just bought a new house, so I wasn't making different plans. But now I'm going, and so 
I understand that it would look like perhaps I was. So I was really worried about how people would respond. But people, people in the government, people in our party, have responded so beautifully. I think the thing that I've most enjoyed actually is having really good relationships with the ministers that I've shadowed. So when my job has been oftentimes to publicly criticise them, to hold them to account. Um, people like Jacqueline Symes, who's the Attorney General, it was a great honour to be Shadow Attorney General. Um, I shadowed the Premier when she was the Minister for Transport Infrastructure. Um, Lizzie Blanthorn, who I like, who's the Minister for Child Protection, I previously was Shadow. So to have really good relationships with some of those ministers has been a good thing. I think only once or twice, Bridie, to actually come to your question, <laughs> did I end up doing something that I thought to myself, oh, I really shouldn't have done that. There was, there was one time in the chamber when I was getting angry about a child protection issue and angry about the fact that there'd been so many different child protection ministers. And I think I called, I called one minister who was quite old, I think I called him an avuncular geriatric with a D-grade intellect, which was unkind. And I Sorry. then, anyway... I, That's I, the I, most like, I, parliamentary I, insult you'll ever hear and, in and, your and life. And it was funny because the, the Attorney General, who I'm friends with, got up and raised a point of order to say that I should retract on the basis that saying that was so unlike me. And that really got me, you know, because I'm friends wow. with her. And for her to say, sort of, that's not like you... You shouldn't have done that, got me. So once or twice, the things that I wish I'd done differently, and there aren't many, but once or twice doing things, getting carried away and doing things that you think, look, that's just a bit mean. And I thought I was being clever um, or robust, <laughs> and, but it was just actually a bit mean, and it's not me. Um, those were the things that I would do differently. Yeah, right. Do you, do you, sorry, right. Yeah, do no. you think that politics can sort of change someone's character a little bit in that sense, you know? Well, I don't know, because I've got some new colleagues, and I haven't seen that in my new colleagues, people like Jess Wilson, who I think is fabulous, who's actually taken over the education portfolio from me, Sam Groth, um, who I know is keen to come on your show. Has he come on yet? No. Yet. Okay, that's no. fine, that's fine. Sam's keen to come on your show. He'll be on with you soon. Great. Who used to play tennis. He was rather good at it. I dare say he'll fill you in on that when he's on the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I haven't seen any change in them. But, but, but I do think it's, it's, it's just the case that there are too many people in politics, regardless of party, who, who don't sort of go on like relatively normal people or who seem to have such a dislike of people on the other team. And I, think, I do think in society we're being pushed in that direction, predominantly by social media. I really worry about that, that, you know, I only see on my phone, thanks to the algorithms, things that reinforce for me that I'm right and everyone out there thinks the same things as me and if you don't you're clearly well not only stupid but probably bad mm. and I really worry about that but nonetheless I think most people out there have friends who have different views to them and that's all fine I do worry that there are too many politicians who have a really genuine dislike of people from the people from the other team Mm, that's interesting. I yeah. mean, I feel like we, we've we also talked a lot about politics. Uh, not politics. Uh, about we politics. We do talk about no politics. No way, Brian. No. <laughs> about social media and polarisation in this era, era mm. of social media, and it is so bad. Mm. And, like, yeah. TikTok and things, you know, kind of unregulated, operating however they want. Like, With their, like, black box algorithms, we don't know how they work. Yeah, exactly. It's scary. 
Yeah. yeah. There was also, um, I think it was an article, it would have been earlier this year, about the design of the, what we'd call a new parliament house in Canberra. Um, the way they designed it, there's less cross-party friendships because there's less cross-party meetings. Whoa. Yeah, right. Yeah. I and I think, I think it's Spring Street too. It's, it is relatively unusual um, to see cross-party meetings, cross-party friendships. Mm. I keep on saying publicly that I really like the Minister for Child Protection. So I'd been highly critical of the government on the basis that in the early days that I had that portfolio, just for a year and a half or so, there were five different ministers for child protection. And, and I thought none of them were any good, and I said so publicly. And I said there should be someone more senior who is the lead minister in that whole department, the Department of Families, Fairness and Housing. Then we got Lizzie Blandthorne. I didn't know much about her. But she'd previously been an advisor to a Labor minister for child protection, and she was the lead minister for that whole department. Now, I just thought to myself, well, I can't go out and criticise that because that's exactly what I've been saying should happen. And the more I work with her on individual cases where um, I'm able to give information to her that I know she will keep in confidence on legislation, we work together to pass bipartisan legislation enshrining in law um, uh, a statement of um, uh, Indigenous recognition in the Children, Youth and Families Act. And I was a bit wary at the start that we were sharing so much and how that would go, but I found her to be a person of her word. So we can continue to criticise outcomes for children in the system whilst also acknowledging that across parties there are some really good people who want to do better for the Victorian people. But whenever I say positive things about that minister, for example, I do raise eyebrows on the basis that no matter which party you're in, <laughs> that sort of thing kind of isn't really done. Yeah. Speaking of Indigenous recognition, um, we're seeing a lot of, and we're going to talk about this later on the show as well, we're seeing a lot of states backtracking on the treaty process, including the leader of the Liberals in Victoria, John Pesuto, is um, refusing to, like, state support or, you know, or opposition, just trying to remain neutral. Do you have any thoughts on that that will, you know, keep you in the party for the rest of your time in Parliament that you can share with us? Well, I think I'll stay in the party for the rest of my time in Parliament. I'm going to leave at some point in December. I don't think I'm going to get myself kicked out. Uh, yeah. Early ejection. Yeah. In that, in that, <laughs> yeah. in, in that short period not. of time. So when the government's legislation uh, setting up a process, this is my understanding, hmm. uh, when the government's laws setting up a, a process to start to look at treaty came before Parliament last term, I can't remember exactly when, we were comfortable to support that. And, and I thought that was the right call, and, and I supported that. So we haven't had further conversations. I confess I haven't seen those comments, and we haven't had further conversations about uh, a different a different position. Um, certainly my view, especially, well, in education, but in particular in child protection, um, is that um, for, for so long we've had policies and programs delivered with so little recognition of the immense challenges faced by Indigenous Victorians. Like I said, I was really proud to work with the Child Protection Minister um, to pass important laws that enshrine an understanding of dispossession and Indigenous disadvantage. Uh, when the Liberals were last in government and I was the advisor to the Minister for Child Protection, we set up um, 
the independent Indigenous Children's Commissioner because we thought that the, the issues there were so significant. In Victoria, one in ten Indigenous kids is in care tonight, which is easily the worst in the nation, far worse than the Northern Territory even. So there are still huge, huge problems. And we're committed, certainly I'm committed also, to continuing to seek to do far better. If we have any further conversations about treaty, and we haven't, to be entirely straight with you, then I'll give you a call, Marty, and fill you in, and then come back and tell you about it. This may be a predictable question, but do you think the voice would have helped if it had passed? Would it have helped those issues in the child protection area? Look, actually, I'm not convinced, largely because, like I said, when we were in government, we set up, and Mary Waldridge set up when she was the minister, I was her advisor on child protection, an independent children's commissioner. Um, with significant powers to report to Parliament. And I think whoever's been that commissioner for a long period of time now has done a really good job and made a whole series of really important recommendations. Uh, For example, that we need to radically reorient our systems away from crisis care to early care and prevention with evidence-based approaches that we know work for all kids experiencing disadvantage, not just Indigenous kids, but we're told by experts like Social Ventures Australia will have a disproportionate positive impact on Indigenous kids. And yet they've never been taken up. Mm. Um, And so I actually didn't think that having a mechanism to talk to governments more about the sort of challenges Indigenous people are facing and then the sort of solutions would in and of itself necessarily lead to better outcomes because of my experiences in the child protection space. Right. Okay. Well, final question, do you think, Freddie? Final question. Would you like to ask away? Well, because there's one that I think you should ask. (laughs) Okay, I know what you're talking about. So I don't. (laughs) You're about to. (laughs) You're about to find out. So um so Matt, of course you've been on the show a fair bit. Um this unfortunately might be one of the last times or the last time that we have you on in a you are a poli in a capacity that you are a politician what has been some of your favorite moments from being on represent (laughs) (laughs) i really loved the debate (laughs) that you guys hosted between well it wasn't me and the minister for youth affairs wasn't it because she was very busy rearranging her sock drawer that day i think (laughs) so it had to be the parliamentary secretary and she zoomed in yes so I'm sitting here and then we've got, I think it was Katie Hall, wasn't it, the yeah, member it for Katie Footscray, yeah. on the computer. Um, so that, that was, I think that was my uh, maybe second best moment. The other one was, Bridie, when we were trying to have quite a serious conversation. It was at the time of the election, wasn't it? Yeah, it was on election night. If, it, if you're going where I think you're going, then yeah. It was and I'm on in my backyard yes. and it just kept on cutting out <laughs> and didn't work. So since then I've been determined that I must and it was my fault, it wasn't your fault, it was my fault I want to oh, be clear. Oh, the phones in here aren't great so. Uh, I wanted to get in so those would be uh, a couple of my favourite seen moments. was that the start of this year when like no, that was no, when that was our us. phones that were was, That was us but we, I think we had that the, was election night when I asked you about the schools Yes, and to be fair I actually had no idea what you were talking about I remember I was in the cab driving in that oh, was well, that was a that was surreal a moment night. for me because I'd just been to the bowls club in Bulleen 
at the start of the... As one does. <laughs> well, but that, that was the start of the um, like liberal after-party yeah. for the election. And I'd done some interviews and I'd said, oh, you know, it was a great day and we're hopeful of a fantastic result. Um, and, you know, the, the early information we're getting from polling booths is looking good. And then I jumped in the car to get into the city because I was going to go on... The, I think it was a panel on Channel 9. Anyway, and we talked on the phone on the way in uh, and I was still saying positive things and by the time I got to the network and jumped out and looked at the telly, uh, we were gone already. And then, and then I had to sit in between Steve Brax and Jeff Kennett all night, about the next four hours, oh. as they just bickered with one another. And I just wanted to wow, now go that home and crawl under the couch. <laughs> so that was a strange night. Talking to you then. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that Fair was enough. a fun night for us here. We just loved doing the election. Like, we love doing yeah. elections and, you know, well, big I events. I hear, Bright, no, Naya and I hear so much about it, even though we you weren't do. on the show. Yeah, it, I think pretty much yeah. every week we talk about it. We, we like, weren't on oh, the show so last good. year. So it was such a shame that. Um, <laughs> that we weren't there because it sounded like such a fun time. Even it wasn't though was, a fun time for me. You love sense. like the spectacle of elections. Though. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, there we course. go. I was competing with you guys instead yes. on the TV side. Yes, you were. But yeah. Wow. wow. Um. Well, Matt, it's been lovely having you on the show. Thank you. Yes. Across the last two years, best of luck with your teaching time in the UK. If we don't see you before. If then. we don't see you before, then hopefully we will. Um. And yeah, best of luck. It's been lovely having you on, and we look forward to seeing what happens in the UK for you and hopefully we'll catch up while you're there. With our yeah, UK so correspondent. So UK correspondent. <laughs> Sounds good. We are Sounds good. currently hiring. You can apply at givenow.com.au <laughs> forward slash save sin. Good segue, Freddie. There um, we go. We are going to go to a song and we'll be back shortly. You are on Represent. Stay with us. Welcome back to Represent. That we was just a had crazy Matt, song. We just had Matt Bark on, in we case do. you missed it. If you missed it, don't worry. We have a podcast, guys. Yes, we do. We are a podcast. We are. We're, we're a radio show and a podcast, double threat. Yep, we are. We, yeah. we need to be triple threats. What's our oh, social media? Social media juggernauts. <laughs> we, have, we had that really good meme idea that I think we need to shoot tonight. I forgot it, but the, um, we I, can. Oh, yeah. You can tell yeah. us yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's okay. Like, it's to do I can't even run my own social media. I feel so bad I haven't, like, talked to anyone because I'm busy <laughs> myself. I can barely run my own, let alone represent. F f fair enough. It was to do with the topic we talked about last week yeah, with the Speaker of the House. Uh, and yeah, I did okay, just want to yes. mention... From, oh, this was my idea. Yeah, this was your idea. I can't believe you didn't remember it. <laughs> yeah, but I remember. I just want to mention, Jim Jordan, third ballot, he went down another five votes? Didn't something else happen that, like, meant he... Couldn't be read for or something. Yeah, I like D I did he? Something. Oh, I haven't read that. Oh, hold your horses. I can't um, remember whether it was him though. I think it might have been someone else. On the bright oh, side, Kevin it? McCarthy is only getting only got two votes on the last ballot. Oh so, no! Considering he got ousted, that's a good improvement for uniting as a party almost. Um, <laughs> but yeah, is that is that Jim Jordan with this? Looks kind of. Oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, someone's. Dropped out of the race. Oh, Dan who did? Musa. Well, apparently, when you That's drop when out of the race, you still get votes because what? Scalisi is still getting votes, even though he withdrew Scalisi. from the race multiple times. This is crazy. America's insane. Scal Shall is we... it no Scalise, not Scalise. Yeah, Scalise. I don't know where you got that. The, um, the oh, speaker, the, the, the <laughs> speaker bid for Jim Jordan has been revoked. What Wait, what? Mean? So I believe Why? he will no longer. Oh, but I bet they'll vote for him anyway. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's going to make... Following a third ballot, the Republican conference voted by secret ballot to remove Jordan as their nominee. But even if they're not... Even if he's not the nominee, he can still get votes. 
But oh, I see. He's not the nominee. He's not the official yes, party nominee. But anyway, we but have other we have things Australian news to, to talk, talk about. about at our home shore, which isn't as much of a disaster as American politics are. I thought that was going to be some really weird, like, ununderstandable sentence, but it was actually okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm very good at forming those two. I'll run very quickly through my little segment. Oh, yeah. Um, we have had, like I mentioned on our interview with Matt Buck, we've had a lot of parties backtracking on commitments that we had previously had to treaties with Aboriginal people mm. after the failure of The Voice. First off, in Victoria, as I said, John Pesuto, he's declined to support a treaty. He hasn't said he's against it, but mm-hmm. he has not he has not said he'll support it because he basically is saying that we're going to wait and see what the government proposes, assessing the implications of the referendum results. So, yeah, okay. You know, take that how you will. What's the phrase? Do um, with that what you will. Do with that what um, you will. In Queensland, the Liberals have withdrawn their support for the treaty process. Um, 69% of Queenslanders voted against the voice in the referendum. One of the highest, or was Western Australia it, the highest? No, I think Queensland's okay. the highest. Um, David Chris- hey, highest no vote, just to yes. clarify. Yes. <laughs> David Christopher who's the leader of the Liberals, has withdrawn his support for the treaty process after voting in May to support the truth-telling. So, you know... Mm-hmm. Interesting. He said, when the LNP originally agreed to enabling legislation for the path to treaty, we did so in good faith as a genuine effort to promote better outcomes for Indigenous Australians. In the days since the referendum, as I have travelled throughout the state, it has become clear to me the path to treaty will only create further division. So, that's an interesting one. Yeah. Um, You know, this is an argument that's been used by the Liberals a lot. Um... Whether it's true, I don't know. I'm not in Queensland. I'm not on the ground talking to people. So, you know, yeah, who knows? Um, but, you know, 70% of Queenslanders, that's still 30% that did support it, which is not insignificant either. But it's also... But it's also very much it's, a minority. It's a pretty, pretty grand minority, I think. Yeah, grand as in the small sense. And then subsequently, Anastasia Palaszczuk, the Premier, has said that the treaty will require bipartisan support, which is interesting because it doesn't. Legal experts have said that this is not the case. Um, I guess maybe not technically, but maybe she's referring in the sense that yeah. treaty would require, not require, but you would want the support of the nation behind it. Yes. And I think what they're thinking now is that the nation would not support that if they did not support the voice. Yeah, so they're not even at the stage of a treaty yet. They're, like, very much on a path to treaty. They're doing truth-telling, things like that. Like, it's really a long way ahead to actually be having a treaty. And it sounds like we're just getting even further back as well. Mm, We're backtracking a lot. Yeah. In New South Wales, uh, coalition MPs have backed a motion in Parliament to call on the government to rule out a legislated voice to Parliament. Despite Uh. having personally supported the voice in the referendum... The leader of the Liberals, or the leader of the opposition, Mark Speakman, has pulled back from supporting a state-level voice. Chris Minns has said that treaty is still going to happen and consultation will begin as soon as possible. He doesn't think that people want to stop reconciliation, Mm -hmm. but he has said that it won't progress until after the next election. Oh. Right, okay. Mm -hmm. So he's basically just saying, like, you'll just have to decide you know, at an election, we're not going to do it straight away. 
Yeah. So okay. that's really interesting, I think. I, I guess that's not totally surprising because we've seen Australians vote no. So I'm guessing my... I'm, I reckon what his thinking is is they want to go to the election with these promises in mind mm. and actually pitching them. But there was literally in, an election this year. Like, yeah, it's a long way until... No, it, it's a long way, but I guess... I guess, like, what I'm thinking they're thinking is yeah. that they don't want to just go, like, okay, well, you all voted no for this, so we're just going to do it anyway at a state level. They might think that some voters would see that as almost a betrayal mm. of the voting system. So I guess that's what they might be thinking, but still, that's such a long way away. It's disappointing that there won't be progress on that any sooner. Because what... Yeah. New South Wales election, what would that be? Four, three and, three and, half and a half years, years? Yeah. yeah, um... So, yeah, that's disappointing, but I can also kind of... Assuming that I'm, we're on... Me and the New South Wales Liberals are on the mm. same wavelength. Sorry, Labour. Labour. Um, that just might be what they're thinking. Yeah. So it, I can sort of see the rationale behind it a little bit. Yeah. So it is a bit of a mess in the whole yeah. treaty. You know, just going through the other states, though, that all have processes in action. So the ACT has a body advising the parliament. Mm -hmm. South Australia legislated a state-level voice earlier this year. The NT has a treating unit. And Tasmania has committed to progressing tr the truth-telling process. So, you know, things are happening. But we're running out of time. Naya, take us really quickly through <laughs> our last segment. Very quickly. Um, okay, so in the Herald Sun, there was a cartoon of... Um, Victorian Premier Jacinta Allen walking down um, the Melbourne uh, Fashion Week catwalk, which is this week. Is it this week, next I week? I think it was last, last week. Last One of these weeks. Um, like, uh, but she was walking down the catwalk naked. Um, censored, but naked. Uh, and it was by the cartoonist Mark Knight, who has done many, many, many political cartoons. Mm. Um, but... Jacinta Allen said in response, it's not the 1950s, it's 2023, and I think it's pretty reasonable for women, regardless of professional background, to be able to have themselves represented in a way that does not use sexualised imagery. Um, there, there have been lots of um, high-profile feminist speakers uh, talking about this and whether or not it's appropriate, because we see uh, male politicians depicted by the same cartoonist and others in varying forms of undress, but is it appropriate in the climate of women's women's plight for um, acceptance in politics mm. to display them in this manner. Yeah, so his justification is that it's referencing the emperor's new clothes. Um, it's been done um, for a lot of male politicians in the past, but, you know, male politicians are obviously in more of an accepted and powerful position than a quite new in the job female premier. So... A lot of consideration to be made in that, but I think we might need to wrap up. All right. All right. Um, you've been listening Big to Big show today. Big show. Big show. Big interview. Um, Listen back to the interview uh, if you missed yes. it. Yes. We are on Omni, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're everywhere. We are at Represent on... Uh, at Sin Represent. Yeah, what the hell am I saying? At Sin Represent. represent. Um, on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and threads. Donate to Sin, givenow.com.au forward slash save sin. And remember to stay political. You've been listening to a Sin Media podcast where young people run the show.